Hello and welcome to another edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is, of course, an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions. Uh, Join with me today, uh, the star of the Crossfade Music Podcast, uh, Mr. Matt Helgeson. Matt, how are you today, sir? Hey, Bob, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, th- this is an absolute honor. Uh, truly, when I when I uh, decided to do this show over a year ago at this point, which is crazy to say, but uh, you were very high on my list, and I was someone who said he'll never do it. He won't do it because uh, I was a big fan <laughs> uh, of you from back in the game in former days. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And uh, yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm in my house. I'm home. So <laughs> you know, let's chat. <laughs> hey, let's do it, man. Um, but, uh, before we got all these questions, uh, let's just lay down some, uh, some ground rules, some terms and conditions, uh, if you will. So, uh, ground rule number one, uh, take as much time or as little time as you need to answer the question. If a yes or no suffices, give me a yes or no. If a short story about your life helps us get a better understanding of that answer, I want to hear that story. Uh, ground rule number two, this isn't 60 minutes. This isn't, uh, uh, an NPR interview. Uh, if there's something you want to skip for whatever reason, you can skip. No worries. And ground rule number three, despite the name of the show uh, being 99 questions, uh, some of these might be more prompts. Some of these definitely aren't questions. Uh, some of these I just put a question mark at the end of. We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, the first of those non-questions, uh, Matt Helgeson, are you ready? I am. I love it. I love it. Question one, what's the perfect breakfast? Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm boring. I just, I, I love the just traditional, like, number four, two eggs, toast, bacon, hash browns. Um, I don't know. It's pretty ideal. Fantastic. And you can quickly judge a place by how well they do it. That's my yeah. go-to. Uh, question number two, who's the coolest dude? Uh, just like in, in general. Yeah. Oh man. Um, boy, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I threw you shit. a curveball early. Yeah. Who's just cool. <laughs> who's, who's cool. Um, man, sorry. I'm really, this is, I don't know why this one's so tough. I don't think about that. It carries a um, lot of weight, you know? It, I, I get it. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll go with Neil Young. Ooh. Because Neil gonna... just does, he does what he, you know, he just does his own thing, you know? Yeah. You're not going to find much argument from me. Uh, question three. Steak, chicken, or fish? Definitely not chicken. Steak and fish are pretty close. Um, I guess I'll go with steak. That's fair. Uh, question four. What's the best gift you've ever gotten? I mean, you know, when you're like a little kid um, and I got certain star Wars sets that I wanted, you know what I mean? That I don't, not that I don't know if this is the best gifts overall, but like, I don't think gifts necessarily mean as much to you. You know, when you're a kid, it's just, it means, 
it's like the biggest thing in the world to you know to get it you know what i mean oh yeah so, absolutely so i would say those probably wow that, that's really cool like the original like uh some some uh, star wars action figure type deals or, or like a yeah Lego yeah set. oh yeah yeah nice uh question five best gift you've ever given <laughs> my my uh my girlfriend really likes uh busy phillips from you know like freaks and geeks yeah. cougar town she has a podcast you know like a lot of these celebrities you don't think they're big anymore and then they have a podcast that was like five million fucking listeners or something <laughs> yes. uh she has a podcast and it's like a really big deal apparently um anyway i found a like a autographed uh cast photo um from the freaks and geeks people that you know wow. she was in and had her signature so tracked that down on ebay that's awesome because mo- everyone on that show turned out to be like the biggest star in the world for like 10 minutes so <laughs> pretty much i mean except yeah except the little the littlest kid um what was her younger brother's name oh sam yeah. sam didn't sam. really yeah but you know a lot everyone else yeah it's, it was a crazy cast that's a great show yeah uh question six what'd you want to do for a living when you were a kid <laughs> i mean i think i wanted to like play bass in a band but nice. you know i didn't ever it, it, it's kind of weird now because i think a lot of kids you know do grow up wanting to be a video game journalist and things like that but um i guess i lived on a farm in minnesota and i didn't really i mean i knew nintendo power and like egm and stuff but i it never occurred to me that that was like something you could do i thought you had to live in like la or japan or something like that to do that i just that would never even have occurred to me yeah turns out middle of minnesota right there yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh question seven what's the largest animal you can beat in a fight hmm like a penguin <laughs> i mean they seem pretty easy i'm not the toughest guy in the world that's fair i could take penguin probably they seem stocky but you know yeah they, that's they true can... <laughs> they, they could be one of those things too you never know man they could be like secretly like really crazy or something too i don't know those inflatable things from the 80s that just can't fall down yeah 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 yeah, yeah totally <laughs> uh question eight who's someone you look up to i mean you know i guess you know i could say a celebrity my mom probably i mean she's just i admire my mom a lot you know in a real way not just like a i mean i could say a celebrity that i, I like their work but you know you don't really know who they are or they could be like horrible or something yeah so yeah, I'd say my mom's been, you know, she's a, a very good person. I think that's a great one. Uh question nine. What's the first album you bought with your own money? It was some kind of uh I think it was called like Hit Explosion or something. You know what I mean? It was kind of like uh that's what I call music volume, whatever, but like before that, and so it just had a variety of stuff on it, you know what I mean? Just did like a best of the pop hits of uh whatever Yeah, whatever year. year it was. I mean I was pretty little when I brought it bought it, but I don't remember I don't remember it too well. But it was just yeah, it was just one of those things like uh, you know, compilation deal. In the five dollar bin probably at the record store or something like that. Yeah, I don't know where I Well, it probably had to be at Walmart. Mm. I don't know where else I or Music Land back then. I don't know. I don't know where I got it, but yeah, so it's not the best answer. Hey. Truth um, is truth, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh question ten. What's your go-to karaoke song? 
Uh, <laughs> um, I probably there's a song called "I Got It Made" by Special Ed, this rapper. Uh, that's very hard yeah. to find. I would say "California Love" by uh, Tupac and Dr. Dre, mostly rap ones. Uh, maybe "Rebel Without a Pause" by um, Public Enemy, but yeah, it has to be rap. I'm not really, I can't sing, so. But I'm a pretty good rapper, actually. I, I, I will, yeah, I'm good at, I'm good at karaoke rapping. I love it. Uh, I've, I've famously said on this show, my go-to is, uh, forgot about Dre, but only the that's Dr. Ooh, Dre that's, that's, uh, <laughs> Eminem one get a little saucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> tough. That's tough. Eminem's a tough, you know, he's, he's got very, uh, yeah. you know, nimble, uh, nimble tongue, I guess. <laughs> it's a very good way of putting it. Uh, 11, what's the last song you listened to? The last song I listened to today, boy, it was this woman named Terza, T-I-R-Z-A-H. Um, she's from the UK. Um, so something off her new album called Color Grand, but I don't know the title because it's like, you know, it's, I feel like I don't know titles as well anymore because it's just like on streaming and they kind of just like, you know passed by i mean it's not like you look at the back of the cd or whatever you know so <laughs> i'm really bad with titles these days but it's something it's a cool album um wow, i was checking that cool. out uh question 12 what's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from oh yeah i read something about this band from the 90s in england called the trash can sinatras and it sounded kind of cool um i think they were kind of in the zone of like the smiths and stuff like that Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, it was an interesting review and um, made me want to check them out. I've never heard them. I, I've never heard it. it. That's the most ska band sounding name I've ever heard. The Trash Kids. Yeah. yeah, no, I could see that. But I think there were definitely more of that kind of like English, like, you know, wistful uh, pop kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Question 13. What's a song that brings the most emotion out of you? Um. These Days by Nico. Um, Ooh, great. You, you may know that uh, from the, she was in Velvet Underground for a while, but uh, it was the Royal Tenenbaum soundtrack. She was on that. Um, that song really gets to me, I guess. Yeah. That incredible voice she has. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Uh, 14, what's your favorite music video? Um, You know, we had done one of the last crossfades we did um the guest picked peter gabriel so and so i watched that sledgehammer video from back in the 80s with the the claymation where his like face keeps and that's still pretty impressive honestly you know even by today's standards it like a lot of those videos seem kind of like dated or whatever you know from that that kind of classic mtv period but um that held up really well i was i was really impressed by that still oh i gotta recheck that out because i remember stop motion claymation animation kind of it's it's pretty cool wow very cool. Uh, 15, you got a million dollars, but you have to donate it all to charity. What charity is it going to? Hmm. Uh, these days. I mean, at this point, you probably have to say something about climate change. You know, I don't know. I'm not terribly versed on, you know, what that would be. But, um, you know, something, something, an organization that works in that respect, I guess. Yeah. I think that's uh, incredibly important, uh, especially nowadays. Uh, yes. 16, favorite holiday? 
I would say, I mean, now that I have a, a child, I'd say Christmas, you know, it's probably back on top, like when I was a kid, but it's, you know, it's just a more fun, I don't know. I mean, maybe some adults are really into it, but you know, at a certain point, like Christmas is kind of like, cool. It's nice to see your family, but you're not like, oh my God, I'm so excited to get presents and stuff. But you know, when you have a kid, it's kind of, it, it, it's, it's nice. It's fun to see them enjoy it. You know what I mean? The, the, it brings the the life back into it. It brings the exactly, excitement yeah, back. Yeah, totally. Childlike wonder <laughs> from a child, no less. Uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, Seventeen. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? Um, I mean, I'm pretty plain. I mean, I'll probably just have like regular dark roast with just cream and sugar or if i get a drink probably just like a just a regular straight up latte i don't i'm not super fancy with that stuff not bad not but bad. there's some good there's some good coffee shops by me that are, are like i'm very fortunate nice that's that's something that i really learned how much i missed through the pandemic is just going to a coffee shop and just like just hanging just sitting. Yeah, yeah. You know? I've been trying to like buy my bulk coffee from coffee shops because I've always felt bad because like you know I, I used to spend money there. So I mean it's obviously like you know twenty dollars instead of like seven dollars, but I figure like you know it helps them out and it's it's a lot better coffee than what you get at the store. So I've been trying to do that throughout the pandemic. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, Eighteen. Spell the word gray. G R A Y. Oh. Firm A Y, I like. Yeah, it. but I mean, I I think gray is E Y is probably, I don't know, classier. It's more upper upper crust. <laughs> but I'm I'm from the streets, so it's A Y. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, nineteen. What's your prized possession? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Um, I'm not that attached to stuff um oh you know i would say this this one particular bass guitar i have that i've just played a lot i've done a lot of shows with um i have some sentimental attachment to that i would say that's a fender jazz bass nice nice uh question 20 are you competitive um not really no i mean i just feel like you can be competitive but at the end of the day it's like all you can really do is just do the best possible job at what you're trying to do. And so hopefully that means you're successful with it. You know what I mean? But I just don't feel like, I don't know, like what I'm going to be like, Oh, these other fucking music podcasts, like, fuck you. I'm coming for your spot. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we're just trying to have fun with it. And I mean, you know, maybe there was a little time at game informer where like, you know, before all the other magazines died and we were the last one standing you know, where we had some like competition with like EGM and stuff when we were like, we were small and they were big, you know, yeah. I think we probably felt some little brother syndrome about like EGM, even though like, I like to turn those guys like that was like, you know, Mark McDonald and John Riccardi and Che Chow, you know, those guys were awesome. Like, so it wasn't like, personally, they were awesome guys that I hung out with a ton on trips, you know? So, um, but yeah, I suppose we felt some competition with them. Yeah, I, I can absolutely see it because it was, it was a competitive scene for a long time, like EGM, yeah. Nintendo Power, uh, Game Informer. Like there was, there was a, there was a newsstand. Yeah, there, Game sure. Game Pro, Game Pro, PlayStation, uh, Game. What was it Hard Game Fan or something? I mean, there's a ton. You know, 
But then it was like after a while, it wasn't really competitive because it was just like you were just happy to still have a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> At a certain point, because like all oh, the venues died, so many venues died off, so many sites died off. It was like, you know, it was hard to be competitive because <laughs> you were just like, cool. Hey, if you're if these guys are still out there doing it, that's good for me in a way, just like to prove it's still viable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Twenty one. Do you consider golf a sport? Oh uh, yeah, I would say so. All right. I mean, uh, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know. I would, I would, I think it's a sport because to me, it's 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 more akin to like a pitcher in baseball. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm. it's more about control and like placing a ball in a certain place. But I mean, I get what you're saying. I wouldn't consider them athletes like on par with, you know, whatever Kobe Bryant or something. But you know, I, I'd say it's a sport. Okay, that's fair. 22 have you ever played any sports um yeah i mean probably the only one that i was ever super into was tennis um i was from a small town but we had this tennis coach that was sort of well regarded and he had tennis camps for really young kids so for like a small farm town we had kind of a weirdly good tennis program uh so i think i played up until maybe 10th grade um and then at that point it was just sort of becoming clear that there was like there was this group of older kids that were really good. And then kids in the, the grade below me that were really exceptional. I could tell I was going to get like passed up and tennis is just sort of one of those things. It's like, if you play somebody that's better than you, you can just tell it's like, I can never get this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like, we could play 10 times and I might win one or two on some fluky stuff, but you just, if he's just, he's just better than you. You know what I mean? And and yeah. so I, I kind of felt that. But I, I really did enjoy tennis. And I, I think it's kind of an underrated sport. It, it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And as the great uh, Mitch Hedberg once said, no matter how good you are at tennis, you'll never be as good as a wall. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, 23. Favorite sport to watch? Um... Football, but uh, basketball, probably a close second. Mm, nice. I can never get into basketball regular season, but as soon as they get the playoffs, I'm in. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> thing. It's it's definitely a different. It, it, it ratchets up like yeah. in a big way when the playoffs come. Playoff basketball is awesome. Yeah. Um, I think partially with football, too, is it, it just happens once a week. So it's kind of like this. And you get together with people. You know, it's a little bit more of a event i guess um yeah it's a point actually going to the vikings game this week so oh nice yeah i should say i full disclosure i am a browns fan and uh, yeah you guys (laughs) oh yeah i mean i don't i don't have a yeah you guys i mean that was we snuck away with one should be quite honest that was kind of like who wants to give this game away the least it was like jesus it wasn't the greatest football ever played but uh no i mean i like kevin stefan i mean i I kind of wish we would have like moved to make him our coach. I think he's a great coach, honestly. And I I like the Browns. I mean, the Browns was, I don't think a lot of people hate on the Browns as a franchise. It was always kind of that blue collar thing growing up. And, you know, like those, like the hogs guys or whatever, or no, it was those guys in the end zone. Oh, dogs, uh, dog pound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The dog pound and that kind of stuff, you know, (laughs) like that was always kind of cool. And Cleveland's kind of blue collar and stuff. So I, I, I'm always, and I like that they never change their uniforms to be like modern. You know, they still just keep that like high school football kind of uniform thing. 
Um, so I, I like the Browns, you know, I, I would never begrudge them success. And, um, you know, I do, I do love that they still don't have an official logo. They just have a color and that color isn't even Brown. It's, yeah, it's, it's objectively orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I, I have no, I, I have that. no problem with the, the Browns at all, you know, and yeah. you know, Vikings could have, should have played better if they wanted to win. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, 24 theme parks. Um, you know, I just actually went to a theme park I, I, for my, my daughter's birthday. Um, we wanted to do something, but we didn't really want to have a huge party kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we went to Valley Fair, which is the kind of big theme park here. And so I hadn't been to a theme park for like, God knows, like 15 years or something. Um, so that was really fun. We had a good time with it. Um, one time after E3, like, uh. Ted Price from Insomniac took a bunch of us to Six Flags. I remember that was really fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're fun. I, I don't go a ton, but, I mean, I, I always have fun when I do, except for the lines, you know. And wow. they had this new thing I didn't know that they – I didn't buy it where it was, like, you'd pay extra to, like, have this, like, express pass thing where you kind of skip the lines. And I was like, ah, oh, do we really need to buy that? And so I didn't buy it. And then we get there, and it's like, Jesus Christ, like, you're – you're at the front of the line and then constantly these guys coming through this other gate and it's like, fuck. So I wish I would buy the express pass. If it's like another $15, it's probably worth it. (laughs) That's that Disney mentality. That's, I think they're the ones who started that. Oh, I'm sure they, I'm sure Disney did. Brutal. Uh, 25 dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. You're standing in a wrestling ring and a wave of nine-year-olds, a random mix of boys and girls, coming down to the ring to fight you how many nine-year-olds could you beat in this fight i mean i feel like i don't know quite a few 20 i don't know yeah i'll say 20 i believe i believe you could take yeah. 20 uh tough I don't nine-year-olds so. aren't that tough <laughs> hot take they, they talk a lot of shit but they're not that tough <laughs> uh 26, what's a game you know you can win? A game. Uh, hmm. Oof, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there is one. Um, Even something like, what, what are your best odds? I, I always like to picture like a devil came down to Georgia type scenario. Uh, you, have to, you have to battle it in something. <laughs> what is okay. what is that game gonna be? You know, uh, Scrabble. Ooh, we'll play the devil in Scrabble. <laughs> High stakes. That's that's a folk song. I didn't know I wanted to hear until now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played the devil in Scrabble. No man, I, devil went down to Georgia when I was a little kid. I loved that song. I thought it was so like scary or something. <laughs> it's really silly in retrospect, but. <laughs> uh, twenty-seven. What topic can you discuss the most? Well, I'd probably have to say music yeah, since, you know, every two weeks we do it like two hours on it <laughs> and I'd still talk about it in my spare time. Yeah, that probably checks out. Uh, 28 favorite place you visited. Hmm. Now that's interesting. I mean, I got to go a lot of places with Game Informer, which is one of the really great parts of that job. And, you know, that I, that I sort of look back on is like, you know, I did get to go a lot of cool places. Um, I would say that I really enjoyed 
so I'm going to put it in two halves, right? Like, yeah, I really love, um, and I'm going there again in, in, um, December, uh, it's called Isla Mujeres in Mexico. It's an island off the oh. coast of like, you find a Cancun, it's an island off the coast. You take a boat there. And I, I really love that. I mean, I do love just kind of like that ocean kind of thing. But in terms of like being an interesting like experience, you know, like with culture and you know what I mean? Like, I guess more of a personal growth or whatever kind of thing. I mean, I really love, um, which I've been fortunate to go a few times. I love Paris. Paris is a beautiful city mm. um, with an incredible vibe. And I really loved um, Seoul, South Korea, um, just because it's it just, you know, an Asian city is just so different from here. Um, and it's almost like when I went to Tokyo, I, I felt super prepared because I talked to tons of people that had gone. I was with Game Informed people that had gone. Where Seoul, I was there for the unveiling of Diablo 2. Oh, wow. And um, at BlizzCon. And I was there by myself, right? And and so I, I spent a lot of time just walking around Seoul, like totally lost, like by myself. Um, you know, and like one time I, I literally, I was, I thought I was fucked. I was so far gone on the subway. And this this old man who is actually old enough, he had fought in the Korean War and had been a translator, you know, between like South Korean troops and American troops yeah. who were working together. And so he was like this kindly old man in a suit, you know, like helped me, like got me on the right train and stuff because it was like, it, it, you know, I was I was lost and it was it was um it was rush hour. So, I mean, it's just like just packed, you know, what I mean? like you couldn't fit more bodies in these like lobbies and on the trains. And so. And they, they, it's weird because they don't, I mean, there's just not, there's not much English there, you know, or, I mean, sometimes I would find these like younger men, you know, men in their like twenties, um, mm-hmm. kind of want to talk. So I think they were taking business classes where they, they spoke English and they wanted to like practice kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so Seoul was just a really interesting, really cool city. Um, you know, all those Asian cities are really safe. You know what I mean? Like you don't ever feel like you're in a bad spot really. And it's just, that, that's just so different. I mean. Paris is just beautiful. Food is amazing. I mean, food and soul is great too, but um, I'd say either one of those places. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Um, let's see. 29. What's your catchphrase? <laughs> the catchphrase. Uh, uh, I probably just say like, I don't know. I'd say pretty good. I think I say that a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I like it. Uh, 30, what's the best costume or cosplay you've ever worn? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I certainly was never into cosplay, uh, for costumes. One year I went to slash from guns and roses, which that was a, that was an effective one because really I just had to like cut the sleeves off a jeans jacket, <laughs> get a big like curly wig and then just like buy a top hat at like, you know just whatever spirit Halloween type place. So it was just, it's an easy one to do and sunglasses. You know what I mean? So like, like everybody knew me all like night and it was like, it cost me barely anything and it really wasn't hard and it wasn't uncomfortable to wear. You know what I mean? So slash was just a good recognizable one, you know, that's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. 31. Have you ever had anything named after you? I don't believe so. 
That's fair. That's fair. Uh, 32 hobby you've dedicated the most time to. Uh, I'm sure just, you know, playing guitar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, is reading a hobby? I don't know if reading's a hobby. Sure. Probably that or playing guitar. I like to read though. Um, I read quite pretty much every day. Oh, wow. Uh, 33. Who's a celebrity you had a crush on? You know, like back in the 90s, like Patricia Arquette. She was very foxy to me, I would say. <laughs> Quite foxy, I dare say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 34, what's the strangest job you've ever had? <laughs> um, I mean, God, I've had a lot of jobs, you know. So I grew up on a farm. Uh, so when I was a kid, you know, we used to do called bean walking, where you, like, other farmers would just pick you up in a pickup truck. And, like, they just pay you to, like, walk through the fields and pick weeds. Um, but that's more when I was, like, you know, 10, 11, that age. Um, yeah. Then, see, I worked at Dairy Queen. Worked. I, I did a lot of cooking growing up, you know, just working in different bars and restaurants. Um, I did road construction. I worked. Oh, I worked at a Green Giant canning factory in my town. Oh. And I, I was, like, the closing machine mechanic. Um, which was basically meant, like, there's a big machine and they come in like one conveyor belt and they kind of go loop de loop to this machine. And that's the machine with these big like pistons that kind of screw the top on yeah. and seal it. And so I just had to like, basically I just sat in a room waiting for like a can to tip over. Cause when a can <laughs> would tip over, it would just get like snarled, like through all the machinery. And you just had to like bring out like pliers and just like rip out this like can and then like reset the machine. And then like every two hours we had to use these little pressure things to like, you poke the can to make sure that it's getting like a vacuum seal, stuff like that. And you had to measure the lips, like the little lip, uh, you know, rim around the thing. Yeah. That'd be within so many microns. That or, oh, no, no, no. Okay. One time I, I did, <laughs> I forgot about this one. I had a work study job in college at the University of Minnesota Department of Epidemiology where I picked up frozen urine samples. And think, delivered urine samples. I think we got a winner right there. Yeah, that was probably, I just remember that one. Yeah. It was for a cancer study, like a longitudinal cancer cancer study. So I would just get like, you know, a, a <laughs> like just a like a regular cooler, like you'd use for beer. You know, what I mean, full of like frozen urine, and bring it back. You know, and I just drive all over the Twin Cities, just going to like people's houses and getting frozen urine from them. It was so, a journey. It was I, actually kind of a chill job, to be honest, because you're mostly just driving around, listening to radio and stuff, and like. You know, it wasn't that hard. Um, and you got reimbursed for mileage, too. So it was all right. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, 35, what's a book you'd recommend the world to read? I mean, I can't, my favorite book is probably Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace. I've read that a couple of times. But that's a tough one to tell people to read because that's a real long one. Yeah. It's a, a challenging one. Um. Man, I'm so bad at remembering this kind of stuff when it when I'm put on the spot. Um, oh, hey, Oscar, my dog. Um, <laughs> uh, I I just read a book. I, I read Crime and Punishment recently, and I never really oh. read books like of those kind of classics, and I really enjoyed it. And I really, um, yeah, that was a really impactful book for me. And I I, I used to have sort of problems reading books. Kind of prior to, let's say, 
the 1920s, 1930s. You know what I mean? Like, I just have trouble with the language and things. And I, yeah. recently, I read like Jane Eyre, and and uh, you know, because on Kindle you can get these like classics for so cheap, like a dollar. And um, yeah, so that was that was those kind of helped me like for some reason kind of open my eyes to like older kind of you know 1800s 1700s kind of stuff yeah i i have a lot of trouble reading that kind of stuff because just i don't know the language just feels so different it take it feels like it takes them five years to get to their point like but yeah no i i, I felt the same things for some reason these couple have clicked with me more recently but um which i was happy about because I, I definitely tried and failed a lot with that kind of stuff before Unless I had to read it for like college and it was kind of like you just gutted through it. Yeah. Uh, 36. What's a movie that always makes you laugh? Uh, uh, Step Brothers, I would say. I think that's a real, a real classic in my book. You know, the fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> so you know, quotable. Uh, so Uptown, quotable. Uptown Girl, a tribute to 80s Billy Joel. Um, <laughs> yeah just stepbrothers is like i don't know i I just i admire the fact that i feel like they literally showed up to that movie with a script that was like five pages long and (laughs) the rest was just like will ferrell and john c Riley just fucking around you know i think they just had like a general like outline of the story and so i always kind of appreciated that i I just think that movie is just really funny to me just do 10 takes of every scene and make the perfect movie at the end of it you know that's uh it's beautiful uh 37 what's the worst movie you've ever seen the worst movie ever <laughs> Man. uh gosh that's tough um see i feel like i don't see many bad movies anymore because it's so easy to know now you know what i mean yeah like you can it's so easy to find reviews and like twitter and like you kind of get a sense of like whether it's worth your time so i just tend to i tend to not go for stuff until i see like people kind of hyping it up or whatever um I remember when I was a in a kid, there was this movie called King Ralph, where like John <laughs> it was some dumb thing where like John Goodman was this American slob and somehow he's distantly related to like the British royal family and there's some dumb thing like he becomes the king of like England. Of course it's like fish out of water, you know, and stuff. Anyway, we were so we hated it so much that and we were literally the only people in the audience, me and my friend Ben. And so we got in this debate about whether the 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 film screen was like hanging you know what i mean like a projector screen in class or was it actually like on the wall like you know actually on the wall so we ended up throwing our shoes at the screen (laughs) just to like test in our thesis um and it turned out it was hanging because it kind of billowed like when 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 my shoe hit it it like kind of billowed but so i don't know that was a pretty shitty movie and i always remember throwing our shoes at it (laughs) I mean, it was a learning lesson. If anything, it was. Man. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I never knew that. You know, like it was always one of those things. I actually thought it was on the wall. I didn't think it was hanging, but and maybe it's probably different for different theaters or whatever. But I don't know. That was that was fun. But King Ralph taught us that day. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thirty-eight. Uh, who's your favorite actor or actress? I would say you know Philip Seymour Hoffman. I thought was a is a you know, was sadly a, a really powerful actor. Um, I'm trying to think of other people still living. Um, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is very, very good. Um, yeah. I think Joaquin Phoenix is very good. You know, I mean, I like some of his stuff. It's like, I mean, I wasn't huge on the Joker, but like without him, the Joker would have been literally nothing like without his performance. Like he's yeah. just able to carry a movie 
you know, pretty much on his back. Um, you know, and then you got guys like, you know, De Niro, obviously he's, you know, I don't know how much like De Niro tries anymore, but you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say Philip Seymour Hoffman to me was really, he always brought something to a role, even, even, you know, obviously the serious stuff, but then even like Mission Impossible 3, I thought he was one of the greatest villains because he was so just like, good. he was, this, he was this annoyed, like middle manager that was just like, his job was to kill people and he had to fill out the paperwork and he was just a schlumpy, <laughs> like, you know, I just remember that scene where he's just like, all right, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill all your family and everyone, you know, and then he just like walks away. Like he's kind of just annoyed. Like it's a bad day at the office for him. I thought yeah. that was just like a, a brilliant, like way to play like a bond villain kind of thing. Oh, it was a brilliant take on that whole, that whole role. It really yeah. was. Uh, 39. How cool was it in Jurassic park when the Raptors were running through the kitchen? That's tense. That's a tense. That's, that's a tense one. Actually too, I would say, you know, those type of movies that are very, you know, kind of blockbuster special effects driven movies. Yeah. I'd say they tend not to age that well in many cases, but I, I recently watched that with my daughter and I was really impressed by, I was like, man, this is still really a fun movie. It's really well put together. And I would even say that the, the CG that was in there, isn't that bad still? I mean, it still looked yeah. like serviceable for how old it is. Um, so I thought that movie held up really well. Yeah. Since it came out in 94, I think. Yeah. Like, incredible. Yeah. Uh, Question 40. First show as a kid you got really into. Hmm. Um, I remember for some reason my parents would let me stay up late to watch Saturday Night Live. Um, so, I, I, you know, and it was almost one of those things like, I don't even know how much of the show I got or it was just that I got to stay up late and like we had popcorn and it was more like the event of it kind of thing. That was like yeah. the one night when I could like break my bedtime you know what i mean i'm talking about being like a little little kid um and you know yeah so i would say saturday night live was probably you know and you know i like the idea of it whether i got all the jokes at that point or not you know oh a thousand percent uh 41 who should play you in a movie of your life hmm <laughs> uh who's bald shit um <laughs> Uh, the first one that come to mind is Bruce Willis, but I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if, that's I don't quite know that. <laughs> if Anthony Edwards is younger, maybe, Ooh. maybe like a young Anthony Edwards is probably the closest look. I don't know. I've Can never. That? That's not. I wouldn't worry. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. Put it that way. <laughs> I don't think this is gonna be a problem. We're gonna screenplays getting greenlit, man. I don't yeah, know. yeah, gotta, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we gotta get that Irishman de aging technology. Uh, <laughs> put on Anthony Edwards. You know, maybe like somebody that doesn't look like me, but just like Jason Schwartzman in like a bald wig. I just always find he, he like I like Jason Schwartzman a lot. He's funny. I think he could do it. Yeah, he's he's got range. Yeah, forty-two, biggest celebrity you've ever met in person. Man, I'm trying to think. In the Game Informer days, there was a lot of little one-off kind of things. I mean, I did spend the day with John Singleton, the director who passed away oh, from Boys in the Hood and all that. Like, yeah. Yeah, he had this, um, it was a game called Fear and Respect. Never got finished. It was with Midway. He wrote the script and it was supposed to be, you know, kind of like a post GTA kind of three kind of thing. Snoop Dogg was going to be in the main role to all the voiceovers of the main character. 
it looked pretty cool. You know, he was trying to basically make a boys in the hood kind of game, you know, but you know, he just felt like more authentic, you know, because of his background and everything than like Rockstar. And it was, it looked really cool what they had, but you know, Midway at that point was really a, a fucking mess and they were really circling the drain. And I think they probably just, you know, it's easy to say you want to make an open world game, but then when you like really look at the cost and the money and like, the insane amount of effort you know i mean you can say whatever you want about rockstar but like those games are so fucking hard to make and so expensive to make and so many man hours and so many people like it's a mammoth effort so unfortunately it just kind of got i think lost in the uh end of midway we did a cover story and i have a framed cover of it that's snoop signed so we did a cover it was one of the cover stories that never came out uh the game informer but and and but the i mean i don't know if he's like enormously famous but like i really respected his work and um he was exceedingly nice exceedingly cool to talk to really like genuinely like into games like you know he was just talking about playing halo at that time you know, oh, not, like awesome. yeah i mean he like played halo on xbox live with his friends and you know he was talking about at that time he had just seen the incredibles and he was just talking about how much he liked the incredibles which i thought was really funny for a guy <laughs> that was kind of like associated with like you know kind of gangster type movies and stuff like he loved the incredibles he was just going off about the incredibles so that was just cool because i actually got to hang out with the guy and he turned out to be really really chill really cool you know like we went to the super expensive restaurant he had like camo cargo shorts and like a tie-dyed bob marley t-shirt and just like you know what i mean like just sat down. yeah he was great i mean i would just say he was um i didn't meet him in person i got to interview ice t on the phone and that was really like Probably one of the times I was like a little bit starstruck, you know what I mean? Talking to him because it's just like he has that voice, you know, it's like, yeah, when he answers the phone, it's like, holy shit, like that's iced tea, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that I wish that I would have killed if that was like in person. Um, but you know, I hung out, I met like insane clown posse, I don't know, like <laughs> at, a, at an IDOS backyard wrestling thing. Um, I don't yeah, know, I mean, Miyamoto is pretty famous. I mean, I've definitely interviewed him face to face multiple times. Which is kind of, that's always, yeah, Miyamoto's weird, man. He's, you know. He seems like one of those Artur types. Just, you know, from a distance, obviously, that's kind of what I see him as. At least a little bit. He's, it's it's really hard to understand with him, like, how many layers between what he's presenting to you and, like, who the real person is. I don't don't mean to suggest he was, he's exceeding, like, he's he's very pleasant. He's super friendly, you know, and, and obviously, like, when he's, when he speaks about art and games and design, like he's super insightful and thinks about things that in a, in a, a left brain kind of way that other game developers don't. So, I mean, I, I don't mean to say it was always fascinating. However, I mean, you don't really, I don't really think like when you talk to him in that sort of setting with the press and, and, uh, Bill Trannon was always there. Um, his, his, uh, his translator and I, it just felt like there's a lot of layers of persona that he kind of has mm. in between you and like, it's hard to get a sense of who the guy is. I would say, you know what I mean? Um, and like one time I remember I was at a Nintendo press conference at E3 and they were showing, Oh shit. What's the Zelda that cell shade is cartoony. Um, uh, Wind Waker. Yeah. Wind Waker. Yeah. They were showing Wind Waker. And there had been a part in the demo that they did on stage where, like, you know, he, you know, Link was just supposed to hit the switch and, like, the little gate was supposed to come up and it wasn't working. 
like in the demo. It wasn't working live on stage. And eventually they had to like just kind of somebody backstage just had to like teleport him. You know what I mean? No clip. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I think I had had something with maybe some other Nintendo person after that, like right after the show. And so I was kind of late and I was just kind of coming out of that area where the big press conference happened. And, you know, everyone's long gone, like, you know, for 45 minutes. And I saw Miyamoto and these two guys like following him. He's walking super fast and he is just fucking reaming these guys out like in Japanese, like furious. And I guarantee it was because this thing didn't work in the demo, but it was just, it was just interesting because it's like, you know, I mean, the dude's made this many big games. Like he's not going to be like this, like smiley, like kind of, you know, weird uncle guy that he is, you know, on stage with fans. Like, I mean, he's got to have a harder, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying he's like a bad guy. It's just like, no, of course, you know, I don't think there's any big game that ever gets made without some like serious disagreements or, you know, static or whatever. And, but it was just interesting. It was like, wow, like that's like a little bit behind like the, the avuncular kind of mask or whatever, you know? Um, I always, I remember that very distinctly. Um, so yeah, Miyamoto's an interesting one. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, what question was that? I was I was raptured by that. Uh, uh, Forty three. Here we go. TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about. Hmm. TV show. Um. Well, you know what? I I think it's starting to get a little bit more known as a cult thing. I personally feel like it's it's truly like one of the great television shows of all time. It it, it was on Amazon Prime. It had two seasons. It's called Patriot. Um, yeah. And it's sort of... The best way I could describe it is imagine like... Um, <laughs> imagine Wes Anderson made like a Born Identity movie. So it's sort of about this I'm like... In. Yeah. It's sort of about this like really depressed CIA agent who's being handled by... His, his father is actually a CIA handler and it has kind of a strong music element too. Like he's, he, in his spare time, he's a singer songwriter. This is a very quirky, <laughs> odd show. And like, I, it, I mean, I will say, I don't, anyone I've ever told to watch it loved it. Like, I've never had a bad response. So if you're looking to watch something, it's still on Prime. It just only happened the last two seasons. However, I think it seemed like they probably knew they weren't going to get renewed. So I think it, it ends on a, you know, satisfying note. You know, it doesn't wrap up every single plot line, but I think it's, it's, you know, appropriate. Nice. I want to say that was also uh, correct. Uh, correct me. I'm the one editing this. I, I believe Jeff Cork said the exact same show. I think he was a fan as well. Okay, I could see uh, that. Yeah, yeah. I gotta check that out. Um, Forty four favorite comedian. Hmm. I'm just trying to think of like all time or like now or you know. That's the tough part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, certainly when I was a kid, you know, we heard those like Eddie Murphy records. Um, And though I did, yeah, man, like I've watched those on streaming and like, man, that's some of that stuff hasn't aged real well. Like it's pretty hateful and kind of homophobic in part. It's just a little, it's a little hard to take. I mean, but, you know. And we were just little kids, so it was more just like he swore a lot. And he was, you know, he's, he's a great performer, obviously, still. Like, you watch him, he's like he's super magnetic. He yeah. was just, you know, that was just the era of, like, you know, he was just the the biggest thing in comedy. You know what I mean? Um, and certainly people, you know, like, 
um, like Richard Pryor and that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll say um, there's a woman named Maria Bamford. Um, yeah. Who is like, I mean, she's probably more in that kind of like, you know, Pat Oswalt, Mitch Hedberg, um, Brian Poson, you know, David Cross, you know, that kind of group of the, the, that age, the kind of weird post Mr. Show kind of comedians. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. And she's just very, I mean, she's unique. She had a show, a one season show or two season show on Netflix called Lady Dynamite. There's like, one of the weirdest shows I think that ever made it through like somehow and got made. Um, I mean, she might not ever be everyone's cup of tea, but I really like her. Uh, I was also huge, you know, honestly too. Uh, I was a huge fan of Norm Macdonald. Um, yeah. who obviously just passed away. That was really, um, shocking to me. And, um, it just kind of reinforced though. Cause like, I think I was like everybody, there was just, he was interesting that I don't even know if his, his actual like stand up specials were really like the full story. Like to me, it's like, he's like the ultimate YouTube comedian. Like there's these, yeah. you know, the Conan spots and old Letterman spots and like, you know, clips from weekend update on SNL, you know, it's, it's like, you know, like a puzzle with him. Like there's just all these like random moments or like the, the Bob Saget roast thing yeah. where he does like the, the corny, like grandpa jokes and like, <laughs> he doesn't swear at all. And everyone wants him to be like filthy, you know, like he, he just was so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He was weird. He would just kind of push things in this area, and you could tell that, like, he knew it was going to go over bad, but he would kind of still keep, like, pushing the issue. And, I mean, to me, like, honestly, I think the best things he ever did was probably Conan appearances. Like, yeah. those are just brilliant. So, I mean, I was probably, like, everybody that week. You know, I just spent a ton of time, like, on YouTube just watching, like, the old clips and stuff. And I, so I was, you know, that was really sad, man. He was he was just really, truly, like, unique. Um, yeah. A unique personality and he kind of had this weird dichotomy of being it was like he could be really kind of surreal and sometimes like really edgy but then he had this almost kind of like old-fashioned comedian kind of like 1950s kind of like corny old school comedian vibe too mixed with like you know some really filthy stuff and some really kind of surreal edgy i don't know he was just an odd his whole personality i think it was like I feel like he was very Canadian. I think there's a certain like that's exactly. Canadianness to him that yep. I think a lot of those like the kids in the hall guys have that where like the kids in the hall could get really fucked up and really surreal, but there was almost this like weird like kind of whole milk kind of like white bread wholesomeness <laughs> to those guys because I think they're just Canadian no matter how weird they are. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Norm was great. Norm was great, but yeah, Maria Bamford I think is really unique and um, just interesting. Like she has this one special where she literally does a special in her parents' house. And her, it's her mom and dad are the only audience, and it's like, it's like, it's like really weird to watch. Um, so she's kind of like, yeah, she's interesting. So that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say over the last uh, obviously week or so, I heard about Norm Macdonald. Someone described him almost as like a Grateful Dead esque comedian, where you can be like, no, 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 you don't want to listen to that album stuff. You want to listen oh. to this you know, this live recording or this time he was on Conan or like, yeah, totally specific instances. That's where the, the real gold is. So no, I, that, I, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That, that I mean, analogy. I, I mean, he, he had some good specials head, too, but like, Oh, for sure. You know, but I think his best moments were kind of these weird situations he would find himself in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 45 best Saturday night live cast member. That's a tough one. That's a That's big a one. Real tough one. Uh, hmm. 
trying to think of the, the greats, you know. Um, from that early era, I would say, I think a lot of people would say Belushi. I kind of feel like if I watch some of that old stuff, like I think Ackroyd was kind of like really the glue of that show. Um, you know, and then you have guys like, you know, Dana Carvey or Kevin Nealon. I mean, Eddie Murphy obviously was a huge impact. Um, yeah. But, man. Will Ferrell, though. I mean, Will Ferrell really had a high level of, like, memorable sketches. And he was on that show for, a, I mean, that, that period, like, the say, the Ferrell, like, Sherry O'Terry, you know, like, that that group. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty strong cast. And that was a really strong run. I mean, you know, obviously, like, the cowbell thing, like, the lovers, like the people in the hot tub, like that one fucking kills me still. Robert Goulet. I mean, yeah, man, Farrell was pretty good for a long time. And he was always one of those guys that kind of just like bully his way out of a really shitty sketch too. You know, yeah. like, even if the writing was terrible, he kind of just like busted open. Um, I mean, yeah, he's tough to argue with because he was so strong for so many years. Um, so, but I mean, there's a lot of good ones, you know. John Lovitz was a great one. Um, yeah. Obviously, Gilda Radner. Amy Poehler, I was really like Amy Poehler a lot. Um, the more oh, this question comes up, I always think I might just be Phil Hartman too. Like, oh god, oh my god, so I can't believe good. I didn't. I didn't. Yes, <laughs> you know, my my daughter and I have actually been watching news radio. Oh, that's a great. It's show. like on the Roku channel. Um, oh. and, man, that show holds up so well, and he is so good in that show. Um, yeah, Hartman, man, Hartman was really good. Hartman, I, I can't believe I didn't say that. I'm trying to think the newer people, you know, like. Um, Kirsten Wig was really good. She was good for a long time. And um, Fred Armisen was really good for more recent-ish. I'm kind of a big... I feel like they've never used him right, but I kind of like Kyle Mooney off the new show. Yes. I feel like he's never quite... He's had these weird sketches. Like He's he's like the king of like after Weekend Update. Like, when they kind of... <laughs> like, between the last song and, like, they do weird shit, you know? And, like, at the end when no one's going to watch it. Like, I feel he's the king of that. Like, he's had some really some really good ones. Um, but I feel like he's never clicked with like how to use him. No, his, his best stuff is the stuff that goes on YouTube that says, uh, not enough time cut for mm-hmm. time, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. He's yeah. cut for time guy. <laughs> uh, 46. What's the nerdiest thing you've ever done? Uh, be a video game journalist. I'll, I'll count it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 47 least favorite state boy i i have to qualify this because i don't know you know like i don't know what's popping in maine i don't know you know what i mean or like (laughs) that's fair you know or like i mean maybe fucking idaho rules i don't know um uh i mean i would say just from where i grew up i mean in southern minnesota like Ain't a whole lot going on in Iowa. I mean, I'm not going to say it's like a shitty state or anything, but it's like, man, like Iowa really truly is like cornfields. I mean, and that's really, I grew up close enough in Southern Minnesota where I'm basically from Iowa, you know, like just right across the border. Um, ain't a lot going on for sure. Um, but you know, the places like the places I've traveled have generally been like cooler states because like, you know, California, New York, whatever, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was pretty boring, I would say. Uh, yeah. A lot of bean walking. 
down over there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, people say Florida, but, like, you have to give Florida the ocean, right? Like, it's still got, it's got the ocean. It's got a beautiful coast. It's got yeah, beautiful, some beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. There's some beautiful spots in Florida. Um, and I just, you know, I just don't feel qualified to really say, like, because I just haven't been to a, a lot of states. Hey, that's fair. Uh, 48, best thing you've ever won. <laughs> I've really like I feel like I never win like raffles and shit like that ever. I don't know. I literally can't think of one thing I ever won. <laughs> oh no 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 one oh. time at at um Game Informer we didn't have enough Xbox ones for everybody. Oh. And so we did do a raffle among it's like you know we had like eight or something and there was like 15 people or something like that you know what i mean so i did win the raffle for the xbox one so that was that was sweet and that was really good not bad uh 49 is there anything you've collected or had a collection of i mean records i have a like a, a lot of records i mean i have a lot of cds too mm. they're like mostly in boxes but um <laughs> yeah records and you know i've always collected records all right question 50 Dub the Ryan Davis. You're in a fight to the death with another person equal to your size. You're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife. Knowing the other weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. So which do you choose, knife or bat? Hmm. So it's tough because part of me wants to say the bat. Because the idea being just the range of it, yeah. Could you like keep them at bay? You know what I mean, like at a distance where you could just kind of hit them in the head with it, and they before they could stab you, right? Or they wouldn't be in range. Yeah. However, you're running the risk. Then is like if you fail to keep them at range, you're really screwed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's really the tough, the tough part about it. Um. Uh, so it's a fight to the death. Yes. With basically an evil clone of yourself, more or less. Okay. I'm probably going to say bat because of the aforementioned ranged bit. And also, I kind of feel like I might... I could probably knock the guy out, you know? But I think I might, just knowing myself, I wonder if I I could really, like, truly pull... Like, not pull the trigger. But, you know, stabs... Like, I think I would chicken out. Or, like, maybe mm. on the stabbing part. You know, I'm not sure I could really, like, go through with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I was it was in the situation. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not one of those guys that's, like, fucking delusional about, like, yeah, hey, man. Uh. <laughs> if I was on the plane on 9-11, they would have been fucking toast. You know what I mean? Like, I'm no, like, I'm not, like, you know, I'm not yeah. built for that kind of shit, right? So, I just think swinging a baseball bat would be something that was more natural to me. And I could probably, like, just think I was knocking the guy out, you know? Yeah. And kill him, I guess. Knock him out and get an Uber out of there or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We will be back with more of Matt Helgeson's dulcet tones and the whole second half of this episode right after we take a quick word to shout out the wonderful people who do the music for this here podcast. Like the song you're hearing, oh, I don't know, right now from the Mini Vandals. Or the song that you're going to hear next from DJ Williams, the opening song from Diala, or maybe even the closing one from Single Friend. 
Uh, if you like what you hear, check them out. And if you like what you hear right here, rate, review, go on iTunes, give us a five star. It means the world to me. It really does. But uh, let's get back into the show. Uh, so, uh, Matt, uh, as I mentioned, uh, I was, am, still, uh, a big fan of Game Informer, and read it growing up, um, it really kind of captured my imagination into the, the, the world of of uh, uh, video games and reviewing and, and all sorts of stuff like that, and uh, I, I can honestly say without hyperbole, like, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people have this when they were growing up, they had that one reviewer who they were like, this guy has my taste and you were that guy for me. Oh, um, and I will always remember how many of your reviews taught me about different hip hop music that was around at the time <laughs> yeah, because you would yeah. constantly sneak in these references to like yeah. Wu-Tang Clan or like old dirty bastard constantly. Yeah. I like to do that, but yeah, I used to try to slide stuff by that's, those days. that's what I wanted to know. Like, how did that stuff, and I've even uh, I've mentioned it on a on a min max bit before, but like the character of Scorpio to exist in oh, like a video game magazine that's just that so was so story is so, so to me. It was so <laughs> dumb. That whole thing was like me and Ryan were just. I mean, honest to God, like in the earlier days, man, you know, we were. It was not that professionally run. I'll say, you know what I mean? Like it was. <laughs> got it. Got it. You know, because I mean, Jesus Christ! Like you know, when I first started, I mean, uh, God, I guess the late Paul Anderson, uh, mm-hmm. God rest Paul's soul. Um, Paul probably was like the oldest guy, and he was probably only like twenty eight or twenty nine. You know what I mean? And like, wow. you know, the rest of us were more like, I don't know how it was, probably like twenty two or you know something in there, twenty three. And Andy was maybe like a year younger than Paul. So, you know, I mean, you're talking about like the oldest, like the voices of reason were like 28, 29 year old guys. You know what I mean? And like, so, and we, you know, we definitely, it was like a, a, a bunch of guys kind of like we went drinking after work a lot. And so it wasn't always most professional and we were kind of lucky that game, I mean, or Funko land at that time. Like, I mean, they truly didn't give a shit. Like if we, as long as we had a number, like a bunch of pages that had <laughs> words and pictures on them, like, I don't think they fucking read the thing ever. I mean, I guarantee they read like that's the one thing like if i if like i could clear up one thing about game informer in general and like the ownership thing is that i mean people always read into this like you know they're owned by gamestop and like they're bought and paid for the thing that people don't realize is like gamestop is a really big corporation and like that whole conspiracy thing it really overestimates vastly overestimates how much GameStop gave a fuck about Game Informer, which was not a lot. That's you know what I mean. Like they, yeah. I mean, do you think like people there this second thing that like the fucking CEO that makes like you know a million dollars a year sitting there? Oh Jesus, you know, Call like, of Duty Black Ops. They got an eight seven five. I want to make that a nine two five. Tell those Game Informer guys get them on the fucking horn. You know, it's like you think these guys like number one. 
they're going to sell a shitload of fucking Call of Duties either way. It doesn't yeah. matter what we, we give it a five, we give it a 10, we give it a seven. It doesn't matter. Like they're going to sell a ton of them, you know? So that, that always is an overrated thing. It's like that, that, you know, I mean, I and I get, you know, I get the skepticism. It was sometimes uncomfortable relationship. Right. I mean, cause you know, we were owned by a retailer, but yeah. I mean, truly like, I just don't think they cared that much. And we were always profitable, small, a small division. Like we were this huge profit center, but we made a little bit of money. We, we were profitable. And they just saw it as sort of like a value add thing for like those cards, right? Like it was just like they they thought it was a cute little thing, right? Like they didn't, it wasn't that big of a deal to them. Yeah. Um, which we saw later, like when they did all those layoffs. But um, yeah. uh, God, where was I? Um, so yeah, in the early days, Funko Land was even more like hands off, and and this guy Dave Pomage owned it. He'd started it, and a lot of the guys that were in like VP positions, like had been in his like fraternity. In like college, and this guy Rich, who's Rich was fun. Like you know, he was just like a real wheeler dealer. He liked to play golf. He left every day to play golf at like three o'clock, or like he was day trading <laughs> on his computer most of the time. Um, but but it was really the best thing for us because I think that like it allowed us to just like go through a lot of this adolescent type shit without like a lot of oversight and a lot of consequences for like doing really dumb shit. And the Scorpio thing, I think, was just me and Ryan were just being wound up and. For some reason, we'd gotten this like swag thing that was like this little, it was like a necklace with a scorpion, and and I think we were trying to like make fun of like Sushi X. If you remember that from EGM, oh they had this, like, yeah, there's this mystery reviewer called Sushi X, and like everyone's like who's Sushi X, and I think literally it was it was just an, any number of like staff members would write a review and they just call it Sushi X. So anyway, then I just like I wore that and I like I buttoned up my collar all the way like kind of Vado thing, and then I pulled it down my head, and like so the thing was is that. Andy, you know, Andy wasn't necessarily always like involved in the day to day like shit, right? You know, he was doing editor in chief stuff, yeah. and I think I'd written all my shit, all my reviews in that voice, like yeah. the whole month. And Andy was, you know, because then Andy would come at the end and we'd go over the proofs and be like, and Andy's like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? What is this Scorpio shit?" Because we hadn't told him about it, and. He was like, what the fuck? And me and Reiner, of course, then threw fish. like, no, this is great. This is so funny. This is going to be great. People love it. <laughs> and like, Andy's like, Jesus Christ. And so I think me and Reiner were big enough babies about it that he let me keep one little capsule second opinion review. Those little like two, three paragraph things in the corner of a big review. I think yeah. there was one that ran as Scorpio is just like throwing me and Reiner a bone because we were like, for some reason, thought we were fucking geniuses. It was completely stupid. But yeah, Andy was like, I had to rewrite. Like all these reviews in like a day. <laughs> At the last Cause, minute. Yeah, because Andy was like, I'm not fucking printing this shit. You're fucking crazy. And I was like, yeah. and in fairness, Andy, like now I see like Andy's completely right. You know what I mean? But so that was the whole Scorpio thing was just, a, we literally got a necklace and then just steamrolled into this whole dumb thing. <laughs> I love that so much. That just, it speaks volumes to just everything. Uh, at the time, it was just thoroughly entertaining from, from a reason. I mean, we were just, you know, I see us now as like, you know, I'm older and it's like, we were just fucking kids, you know, like we kids running a magazine, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. But we got more questions. Let's roll right into them here. Uh, 51. What's your phone wallpaper right now? My daughter flying a kite. Nice. Nice. Uh, 52. What's the last thing you Googled? I Google stuff a lot. Um, <laughs> Oh, I think I Googled a pizza place that I ordered pizza from. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not that say Parkway Pizza. Shout out to Parkway Pizza. Hey, shout outs. Uh, 53, you have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? 
Rascal. Nice. Nice. This is a cute, cute, cute name. It's universal. Yeah. Uh, 54, what professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of pro wrestlers I liked. I don't know if I really compare to them. <laughs> um, I was... Uh, see, but I'm, I'm nothing like him at all. There was... I remember when Chris Jericho first came out and like, again, I'm just naming somebody. I like, honestly, I don't know who I, but he did these really things where he would just like, he did things where he would like just read stuff off in the ring. And he did like a lot of weird kind of like, you know, breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff. And I always thought that was really, when he, when he first came out, I thought he was just a really funny, like witty kind of character. I really like early Chris Jericho. I remember. And that's when we were like a game informer. We're like really into wrestling. Yeah, there was a kind of heyday. You know what I mean? The real like Stone Cold, you know, Rock, like the the real peak of that kind of attitude type thing. Yeah, when it was mainstream. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifty five. What's your comfort food on a bad day? I mean, probably pizza. Not that I'm having a bad day, but you know, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Pizza's always good. It's, yeah. Cheesy, it's warm, it's wonderful. I'm a big popcorn fan. I like popcorn a lot too. I like making popcorn in the pan too. That's my big thing. Yeah, not like not like Jiffy Pop, but like oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's so easy to do, and it's so much better. It's like it really changed my life a few years ago when I got into that. Wow. Uh, Fifty-six favorite smell. (laughs) Uh, I like the smell of an orange. When you when you peel an orange, get a little bit of that citrus on there. Yeah, uh, fifty seven best candy. <laughs> gummy bears. Nice. I like gummy bears. Um, I feel like Haribo has kind of fallen off. I feel like I don't know if I just perceived that they were different when I was younger, but I don't think they're as good. There's these ones called Albanese gummy bears. Ooh. Never heard of them. Yeah, they're a little bit of a deep cut gummy bear, but they're worth checking out. Albanese. Okay. Uh, 58. Worst candy. Is Almond Joy the one with coconut? Yes. Almond Joy is coconut and an almond. Almond. Yeah, obviously. There's something about shredded coconut, the texture of that really is something I like, whether it's in like a cake or like something like that. I just, boy, I don't. Yeah, coconut. I don't like the texture of it. It really kind of grosses me out. So I would say almond joy. I, I, that's a that's a, a room splitter for sure. The the coconut candy. I think I learned to like it because everyone else in my family hated it, so it was always there. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like Butterfinger. I like a lot. Um, Hundred grand. That's a hmm. that's an underrated one. Yeah. And Reese's you know, Reese's peanut butter cups. That's a good one. Uh, Fifty nine. Uh, we might have gotten it earlier. What's a restaurant you would recommend? Oh, um, you know, my favorite restaurant right now is, is not that far from my house. It's called the Bungalow Club in Minneapolis. And it's just kind of a nice, like, you know, it's semi-upscale, but it's pretty, like, neighborhoody. You don't, it, you know, it feels really down to earth. The owners are really nice. It's basically kind of Italian stuff. Um, they always do, like, a fixed menu. So you have, like, kind of two choices for, like, you know three courses but uh, it's just a really i don't know it's got a nice vibe to it and it's very good food fantastic uh question 60 what's a food you've never eaten 
I didn't have mac and cheese until college, which is kind of weird. Wow. But that was, I mean, I've had it since. Um, boy, I'm trying to think of like. I mean, I don't think I've ever legitimately had like a TV dinner. Like oh. one of those Swanson's. I don't think I've ever really like, had one of those kind of Swanson, whatever, hungry man type things. Yeah. I mean, you're not missing much to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not really like making it a point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 61. What's the strangest food that you have eaten? Um, you know, I've eaten like alligator. I mean, eel, like unagi sushi. I've eaten eel. Um, I definitely had some like stews at places in Seoul that had a lot of like seafood and stuff in it. And I wasn't like a thousand percent on like, <laughs> you know, really what it, all of it was um, because, you know, no one spoke English at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what's that. The alligator was really not that weird. It was like the idea that it was alligator was way weirder than what it was. You know what I mean? It was like, it's basically like chicken nuggets. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess eel maybe. Okay. Okay. On it. Uh, 62. What's a typical day off? I'm probably just, you know, usually doing stuff with my daughter, you know what I mean? And, and just that kind of thing or else, uh, you know, trying to get together with friends. I mean, I think, I think all of us probably are trying to do that more, you know what I mean? After this two years or whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, you know, pretty normal stuff. Like go for a walk, you know, just read a book, maybe try to do some music stuff and, you know, hopefully go out to d dinner, maybe see a friend and, you know, I'd, really nothing too. I mean, it's also the last two years. It's feeling like, you know, literally like I've been at my house, like, <laughs> I think it's like watching Netflix or whatever, you know, like it, it hasn't been a real exciting, uh, eventful two years on, in terms of doing things. Yeah. I, I hear you there. Uh, 63, what's a bucket list item that you accomplished? And getting to see Tokyo for sure. Mm. Um, you know, was definitely, I think for a lot of people, I think, especially if you're kind of game oriented, you know, that's always probably something that I think most people would like to do at some point and i would i would recommend that for sure and oh i got to play you know a few times i got to play like the first avenue main room which is a club here that you see like that's where prince plays in like purple rain at the yeah. end that's kind of our big like rock club here and you know i got to play in the main stage a few times and that was like because i'd seen so many shows there so that was a big deal too that's incredible yeah uh 64 What's a bucket list item you probably won't accomplish? I mean, I definitely, I feel like there's just going to be places I won't end up getting, you know, sadly. Hopefully, hopefully I will. But, you know, I really like to go to Greece. I really like to go to Italy. Mm. Those, I mean, those are definitely more expensive trips, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I, I feel like I probably won't see as many just countries or places in general that i would i would like to but i mean hopefully i will but you know odds are I, I probably there'll be some that are missing yeah no that's fair yeah literally just the other day i was looking up how much would a flight to new zealand cost i've always heard it's beautiful and yeah it's like five grand minimum and it's like a 23 hour flight like yeah yeah that's, that's <laughs> yeah new zealand i mean honestly that would be yeah, new, i mean everyone saw it and you know lord of the rings and was like oh my god this is the most beautiful place ever 
Yeah. Yeah, actually, New Zealand would probably be a good one that I, I would love to, and I bet I'd be more likely not to get to for yeah. both those reasons. Yeah, sadly. Uh, 65, dubbed by previous guests, the realest question of the bunch. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with, but regret it. Uh, uh, Nate. Uh, 66. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? I mean, for me, you know, a lot of that NES stuff, you know, Mike Tyson punch out or, you know, Mario, the first Super Mario Brothers, you know, just or Mario three, you know, yeah, just those kind of take me back to like, you know, when you had all all summer long just to like, you know, just play that stuff. And, you know, yeah, that era in general, you know, and, and you know, to be honest, maybe some of them don't age as well as, as maybe the 16 bit stuff. But, you know, those are some of my first real you know stuff that I fell in love with. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 67, what game have you spent the most time playing? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Mm. Probably. And that was just, by the nature of it, you know, you could just really burn a lot of time on that game trying to improve your scores and, you know, get all the little, you know, VHS tapes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, God, that was so good when it came out. Also, Punch-Out, too, man. I played Punch-Out a lot when I was a kid. I loved Punch-Out. I was, and I just played that over and over. I've still never beaten Tyson. I I can't do it. I just can't do it. I finally did, but it took me forever. It was someone he was this off tempo. He's like everyone else is kind of like on beat, you know, like one, two, two, one, one. Yeah. You know, and he had this kind of like, you know, kind of like stuttery kind of thing. Yeah. Stutter, sway, uppercut. It was just yeah, so yeah. it was just it was off beat stuff. Yeah. Uh sixty eight. What's something you've built with your own hands? Oh man, I'm not super handy. Uh when I was a kid, I was in 4H, which is kind of like this farm kind of It's like it's kind of like Boy Scouts for farm kids, I guess or something. Oh, anyway, okay. you you'd enter stuff in the county fair. So I built a table for the woodworking badge or the woodworking competition 4H in the um the county fair. So I remember doing that. Yeah. But I'm not like a super uh, handy guy in general. I'm still better than me. I've never built a table. Uh, 69 best pickup line. Jesus. I, I literally have, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, using like, sincerely using like a, a real pickup line kind of thing in, in the real world was so antithetical to like my personality. And like, I I never felt that, you know, like I was that type of a guy at all. So I, I truly don't know. I truly can't that. I, I just get uncomfortable, like thinking about even like <laughs> kind of that stuff. I, I mean, it. if I ever met people it was more organically, just having like, you know, conversation or whatever, but it was, yeah, I, sorry. I just, I get almost get nervous, like thinking about using it. <laughs> <No. laughs> I, the, the more, I, the more I'm uh, doing, you know, these kind of interviews, the answer is there just isn't a good one. There really truly isn't like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 70, have you ever had any good nicknames? Um, people in high school called me H-Bomb. That was probably Ooh. my one nickname. That's yeah, it's Helgeson. I don't just because of Helgeson H, I don't know. <laughs> That's a strong name. Uh, 71, do you believe in love at first sight? Not really, no. I mean, 
I think you can get an idea, you know, of, of being really interested in a person, but I don't think that I feel like you got to get to know somebody more too. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, nope. I think I agree with I mean, that. I, feel, I think you can feel drawn to somebody, you know what I mean? But I wouldn't say like that magic. I mean, I don't know, you know, I guess I just have a yeah different perspective on that. The older I get, you know. Yeah. Uh, Seventy-two. What's a big turnoff of yours? People that chew gum loudly. Ooh, that's a good one. I I get like really fucking on edge by that. Like really fucking on edge. Like I hate it. Um. So that 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 really, yeah. Oh, that's like real nails nails on chalkboard thing for me. <laughs> Or people that eat really loud too, just any of that kind of smacking, kind of mouth smacking shit. I like I hate people that eat loudly too. Oh yeah. Uh seventy three, do you consider yourself an artist? I don't know. I mean it sounds kind of like pretentious, but you know, I guess I've made records. I guess music is art. I don't know how good of an artist I am. Um I wouldn't really consider game writing art you know what i mean i feel like journalism yeah. is a different a different thing it's more of a craft i would say uh and a discipline um but yeah i guess so i mean i guess i've made a few records so but uh, that i mean but you know there, you could be a really horrible artist too it doesn't really mean it's not a mark of quality necessarily oh, for sure yeah i guess anyone that's anyone's made a painting is probably an artist i guess you know or drawn something yeah, no, I think I think it should be that categorical term. I think people see art as like, you know, the Mona Lisa and nothing less. And it's like, yeah, it's all, it's all there. They could be bad art. They could be good art. Yeah, and you know, I mean, this whole game is art you know, th- debate. That is so tedious to me. I just yeah. don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily. I think games can be art. I don't necessarily think they are by default. Like I, I and some people get really upset when I say that, but I just don't consider. Um say uh like madden football Mm. to me i don't really consider that art to me because it it doesn't have an artistic intent it's just sort of like they're trying to like emulate a sport or like like is gran turismo art you know what i mean yeah there's some artistry in like how they do things but at the end of the day they're literally just trying to do like a one-to-one replication of like you know or if you talk to a lot of those old school guys too like you know um Trying to like Howard Scott Warshaw who made like Yars Revenge and and stuff, or like I interviewed Alexi uh, Pajitnov who did Tetris. Oh yeah, yeah, like those guys did not consider games art; they considered them games. Like they considered them like programs. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but I mean, not not to say that like there aren't games that are art. There's there's plenty of them I think that are, but I don't know if you know is like is every fucking you know bubble popping game on that like the you know apple store art you know really i don't yeah. i don't really think so oh i think that's a a, a great perspective on it yeah plus i mean you got to trust the guy from yars revenge yars revenge is amazing so yeah yeah he's an interesting <laughs> cat yeah those early guys man that's a weird those guys are weird man like oh. that was a weird group of people those early like because they were just like these cowboys out there on their own you know they, they had no <laughs> a lot of weird people were drawn to that industry back then I'm picturing like Nolan Bushnell in a 
jacuzzi or whatever like that's what oh, i oh yeah, yeah when i think about that era that's kind of yeah we're that's trying probably to talk about like you know what i mean no i mean i think there's a lot of cocaine and like you know people sleeping together and hot tub parties and like you know yeah beer in the office kind of stuff all the time for sure oh i can imagine yeah uh 74 put something you tried to cook and failed I've, <clears throat> i'm i'm a i'm a decent cook because i always like cooked in restaurants growing up you know not that it was like fine dining it was like sports bar type shit but at least it taught me the basics of like you know how to cook yeah um baking i've definitely had mixed results on trying to bake stuff like i tried to make a bread and it kind of like was real flat and like didn't totally work out it was a little and it didn't like rise enough or something i don't know what it was it was just it was, not yeah it was kind of dense like the big like it, kind of a brick um <laughs> The baking I've had mixed results with. I find baking a little more challenging. No, I totally agree. Uh, 75, dubbed the Ben Hansen after uh, oh, some fella. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's the greatest piece of art ever made? Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. The most hyperbolic <laughs> question humanly possible. <laughs> Boy, that's a that's a... I don't feel qualified to answer that. I think I don't know that. I, I mean, I know I know enough about art, like your average person, but I certainly wouldn't consider myself a expert on art. Um, yeah, boy, that's a tough one. If you want to skip, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push you. But I think I think I'm gonna have to pass because I just don't. I don't feel qualified. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Seventy six. Have you ever had something happen to you? That you would consider paranormal? No, I don't think so. No, wouldn't it be so cool? Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just I'm I'm not a big you know believer in that kind of stuff, honestly. Um, yeah, but you know, it could be. I mean, I, what do I know? Um, uh, seventy-seven. Would you ever use a Ouija board? I mean, I remember we fucking around with one in like seventh grade, you know, with some girls and stuff, you know, I, I'm sure it was like somebody else, you know, pushing or what I, you know, yeah. I, I remember it was fun though. Like we were just goofing around with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, 78 simply. Why? Why? Just why? <laughs> um, I guess just, you know, we're alive and we got to do something. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 79. If given the chance, when would you time travel to? Hmm. That's interesting. The temptation to go really far back, but then you just like, you know, like just drink water and then die of like diarrhea in like a ditch or something. You know what I mean? Like King Arthur's day or whatever, like, you know, just throwing on like an ox cart and carried off. (laughs) Um, you know what i mean you'd be Um, considered like a witch for wearing denim or something yeah yeah Yeah. you know that kind of stuff (laughs) so i I worry about that 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 aspect of it um though i I would say it would be it would it would it would be pretty cool to like see you know america like you know pre-columbus or you know yeah, you just sort of like see on a completely like like wilderness, like unsettled America. You know what I mean? As it was, 
when, you know, the Indians, you know, had it. And I don't know. I think that would be fascinating to me to just, to see like what the country looked like, what it was like at that, you know, before anyone was, you know, except obviously Indians didn't, they led sort of a better lifestyle where they didn't really make a, a big impact on the land. Right. You know, they were here obviously, but you know, before it was like, you know, built up or what, so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. But just like the spot you're standing right now where you see, where you know everything around you and then just seeing it from 300 years ago, that'd be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question 80. Have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it? Uh, not really, to be honest. Uh, I'm not, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there was one year where I lifted weights and it actually went pretty well. And then I had my daughter just went back, you know, (laughs) no, I'm I'm not always the best on keeping my, uh, resolutions. I will admit. I gotcha. Uh, 81, what game show past or present would you love to be a contestant on? You know, I, I, I'm sure this is like literally like 90% of your, all your answers, but I just watched it with my grandma as a kid, like price is right. Um, I mean, I know that's probably like literally the most cliche answer, but <laughs> that was just like, she loved the show and we were little and we'd stay with her in the summer when my mom was at work. And, you know, it was just, I just, we have, I just have fond memories of watching that show with her. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to spin the heck out of that wheel. That just mm-hmm. seems like the best, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, 82 what's a quote that you love someone on the tip of my tongue i'm just i can't think of it hmm. so many quotes too i don't know um god i'm drawing a blank man i'm sorry i don't know what's, <laughs> what's wrong with me no it's all good hey i mean could be music lyric could be you know a, f- a famous music quote anything at all or I got no problem skipping past. That that's up to you. Um Yeah, I'm gonna have to pass. I'm sorry. No, no, no issue. Uh eighty three, what's the best shirt that you own? I have this one red flannel shirt that I just really have always liked and you know, just feel at home in that. Um uh, as far as t shirts. I have this one T-shirt of a band, Dead Moon, which is like really old, like punk band from Portland. And I actually went to Portland a couple years ago, and I, the first place I walked into was a record store, and it was Tootie Cole, the the woman from the band, was literally like the first store I went to. She was behind the counter, like, and I was like, "Whoa, are you in Dead Moon?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then she had this little. Underneath the record store, she had this little, like, kind of secondhand knickknack store and junk Holy shop cow. kind of thing, and, and she sold me a t-shirt, so <laughs> I was like, it was just weird, because, like, my favorite Portland band, and the first person I met was her. It was, like, very crazy. That's incredible. So I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of affection for that shirt. Yeah. Uh, 84, would you change your middle name? No. It's Lee. Matthew Lee. No, it's my grandfather's name, and I don't know, Lee, it just has a good, Matthew Lee, Hel- Matthew Lee, I feel like the syllables work, you know, Yeah. Matthew Lee, Helgeson, and it just has a good, you know, cadence to it. It flows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 85, what's a good impression you can do? <laughs> oh, 
I don't have to do it, right? I can just say it. I mean, you don't have to. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't <laughs> if you, know. I, if nothing you I'm going to stake my You don't have to. On. You don't have to. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, uh, I'm going to pass. <laughs> oh, okay. I feel like there's one there, though. <laughs> uh, 80. Ba, 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 ba. Six. Uh, is there a tattoo you wanted to get, but are glad you didn't get? Um, You know, I don't have any tattoos, and I've. I don't think I've ever really seriously considered it. Um, I don't know why. Um, I just never, I think, I think for the reasons your, what your question's getting at is like, I just, if I ever thought of something that I would be like, Oh, I don't know. But like in in five years, would I care? And you know, you just get like in your head about the stuff and then you're like committed. I have thought about just getting like my daughter's date of birth tattooed on my arm. Hmm. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, seven thirty one ten. No, just because I feel like that's a definite one that I would like never regret. You know what I mean? That would be very sweet. Yeah. Uh, eighty-seven. How would you describe your sixteen-year-old self? Um. I mean, I think I was basically a decent kid. I mean, we definitely ran around a lot, and like, you know drank as much as we could get our hands on with, from older kids and stuff, you know, and yeah, but I mean, I think I was always pretty, a pretty mellow person, pretty, I don't have any big regrets about how I was, you know, I mean, I definitely probably gave my mom a few gray hairs here and there, you know, <laughs> but um, I don't think it was ever like malicious stuff. It was just more like we were just trying to go out, have fun kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think I was just, I mean, I was probably like maybe... Um, not always super confident in certain ways. Mm. You know, I, I think that um, I sort of was from a, a place where, you know, I guess, I mean, I had a lot of friends. I wasn't like I'm not. I want I want to portray it as like I had a horrible experience, but um, you know, just some of the more just like artistic aspects of what I was into, I think weren't really things that I could like share with a lot of people, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They they were sort yeah. of more, cause it was, it was a small town. It was like a really small town, you know, it was like, like, like 4,000 people, you know? So in the, in the middle yeah. of like nowhere. So, um, I think, yeah, I think I was probably like, yeah, I don't mean, I didn't mean to say I was isolated, but I, you know, I definitely probably wasn't as confident in like who I wanted to be, but I suppose I, that probably true for anybody that's sixteen at a certain in a certain degree. Oh, um, for sure. So I, I probably was like not totally sure of like who I wanted to be, you know. And I, I sort of wish I wouldn't have. But I'm sure this is things ever, you know. I, I wish I would have known how like unimportant a lot of stuff that I thought was important <laughs> was. Yeah. Like how how I would I would look back like, you know, however ten, fifteen, twenty years later, and be like, you know why did I give a shit about that or that person or, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. But I I suppose everyone probably has a similar, you know, a sort of natural part of life. I'd say. Yeah. That's the, that's the teenage curse is thinking Mm -hmm. that the worst thing is always happening to you at any given moment. Yeah. And it's really like very minor shit, you know, compared to like real life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 88. What's the worst injury you've ever had? Um, I, oof, 
on my cousin's, you know, my friend, uh, my friend's 21st birthday, uh, uh, I slipped on the ice. I broke my ankle real bad. And then because we were real, like, rolling, like, I walked around on it for a while. Yeah. And went to an after party. And then, you know, uh, (laughs) it it was pretty bad when I woke up. It was, like, black and, like, huge. And so I had to have a, a plate, like, drilled into my... My, it was sort of like the, the end of my leg bone kind of snapped. So I'd have like a metal plate put in there. Oh, So geez. that was not great. <laughs> Doesn't great decision it. making on <laughs> our part, on my part. Oof. And yeah. then it, we were with, God, we were so hammered. We thought it was kind of funny. And I was really feeling no pain. So, you know, like in um, Usual Suspects, where like Kevin, Kevin Spacey's like, you know, verbal kint or whatever. Yeah. And like he kind of walks with like a, a weird limp. Yeah. You remember, like, the very end, he's kind of walking with a limp, and then all of a sudden he and starts, like, walking, like, out. you know, they were, they kept calling me verbal, and I would, like, kind of, like, walk, like, verbal, it was, like, a joke, and I didn't realize, like, my ankle was broken, so, oh. yeah, that was real smart shit we were into. <laughs> Brutal, yeah. Uh, 89, what's a habit of yours you want to break? It's not so much, I guess, a habit, I want to, well, I'd really... I would really, really benefit from exercising more than I do. You know what I mean? I guess that's more of a habit I want to have more than mm-hmm. I, I, well, I guess the habit I want to break is being like a lazy piece of shit that doesn't <laughs> exercise. Um, yeah. But I, I know it's like one of those things like I know I would benefit in a lot of ways from it. And I find it hard to stick with other than like, you know, walking the dog just because you have to walk the dog. But I, that would probably be the best thing I could do for myself. And I find it hard to stick to. I hear you. All right, question ninety. Home stretch time here. Have you ever lied on your resume? Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of. So the thing about my college experience, I went to the University of Minnesota, and it's you know it's a huge, huge school. You know, you talk like fifty thousand students, Big Ten school. Yeah. Um, and so I graduated. And, you know, I did my major program form, did all the classes, you know, I got the thing in the mail, you know, mom and grandma came up and watched me walk and get the, you know, you get the thing, like the little leather binder, but there's like, no, there's nothing in there. They mail it to you later. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, we do that. And then, so I had been interning at Game Informer and then like I'd gone up for a job and they'd hired somebody else, Jay Fitzloff, a good friend. Yeah. Um, they'd hired Jay. And so then it was kind of like, and me and Andy were playing in a band together. So it wasn't like bad blood. Like we were definitely seeing each other all the time because we were playing in the band. And so I was like, dude, I just feel like, you know, not getting a job. I don't know how much more I can just like keep, you know, cause I'd been almost like a year doing it or something. I was like an intern and, um, and he got it right. You know, he was like, yeah. And cause it was unpaid, you know? Yeah. Um, and, so anyway, I graduate in classic, like, you know, University of Minnesota, like, you know, Soviet era bureaucracy level bullshit. I get a letter saying, oh, you know, they had this one thing that was counting for like two college of liberal arts requirements and it can't. So you, you really didn't graduate. You're actually four credits short. And it was just literally like I just needed to do anything 
And so I'd been interning at Game Inform, and you know, like we always had to resize screenshots and shit for the web. So I, I was like, uh, you know, I'll take an intro to Photoshop just because, like, you know, we were doing that type of shit at Game Informer, and it was seemed like a pretty pretty easy to just like skate by and like a B or something in a Photoshop class. Anyway, doing this class, and about halfway through, and then this guy, a Game Informer, well, I won't name, and he'd be a pretty deep cut for a Game Informer. Uh, editor okay real deep cut um he he like stole some jrpgs out of the vault and like left the cases in there and then they finally caught him and so he got fired and it was like okay. right before e3 and you know like this was all settled in like the basement of the 7th street entry which is like the punk little club on the side of first avenue like we'd play a show and me and paul anderson and andy were like hashing out and like be like yeah man you know we i think the job's yours you know but E3 was like like right around the corner, like in two weeks. And there's like, but you got to go to E3. You know what I mean? Like, I can't not have a full staff at E3. So I dropped that last class. And then so for many years, I didn't, you know, I hadn't actually graduated, you know, but I just kind of just put University of Minnesota. And then I finally finished it. I did finally finish it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So? Yeah, so I, I have the, the diploma now, but it was kind of like, I felt like I kind of got screwed over by the process, you know what I mean? And uh, anyway, so yeah, I guess I fudged it. But then, you know, it was I was a Game Informer, and I think I might have applied for a couple things here and there outside of Game Informer that didn't really work out, you know, at game companies or something. Not that I was really actively doing anything, but um, every once in a while somebody approached me, but um, I opted not to do that. But yeah, so I guess I fudged that for a little bit. You know, on a clerical thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I gotcha. Uh, 91, have you ever punched someone in the face? Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I got beat up though by a dude that like ended up being a murderer. Oh boy, jeez. Yeah, no, it's like in seventh grade. Um, this guy, he just didn't like me for some reason and, like he beat me up and I just had this idea that I was like, man, I'm just going to sit here and get hit. And cause I, dude was like, I guess I've never had the particular delusion that some guys have that I'm like really tough. You know what I mean? Which is like, yeah. you're better off just knowing than like, you know, yeah. and then you know, he, so he just beat me up and I just kind of, he's like, yeah, enough. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I was good before we started, but yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, it, then it was a couple years after college. Like he murdered a woman. And like Ooh. tied her body to a freaking car transmission and sunk her in the river behind his dad's house. Like, so I was always like, I made the right call. Yeah. Yeah. And it was always <laughs> weird too. Cause then like, you know, I, I, I was just, I told my mom, I got elbowed in like seventh grade basketball practice, you know, just, I'm sure she probably didn't even believe it, but so I, and I, you know, I didn't roll over on him. I just, you know, took it and like whatever. And so then he always had this kind of weird respect for me. Cause I didn't like snitch on him or whatever, you know? Mm. So he was always like, you know, pleasant to me he was kind of a not the nicest dude but he always had this you know kind of respect for me because i think i just like took my beating and you know that was it but yeah it was crazy when he did that it was like a big deal in my hometown uh, yeah i can imagine so it's yeah i'm glad i didn't stuff. really i didn't try to fight back on that one it's probably a good call yeah sorry this got really like grim all of a sudden i'm sorry <laughs> it's like a you probably no. expecting that hey we it's the ups and downs you know that's that's what the show is uh 
92. Uh, uh, nice duality here. Would you ever go to a nude beach? I mean, if it was in the course of like some reason, I, I don't know. I, it's certainly nothing I would like actively seek out. Yeah. If there was some reason why like I needed to be there, I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't like totally freak out about it probably either, you know. Yeah. I I yeah, sure. I I, I mean, why not? <laughs> uh 93, when was the last time you cried? Oh god. Like, it's kind of funny and it's probably sort of a cliche, but I have been like especially since I had a daughter I like I some really maudlin shit on television like <laughs> that's somewhat hokey even sometimes can make me cry like I I never used to cry like hardly at all and I'm I so it's probably hasn't been that long like oh two weeks or something I don't know <laughs> like I have to say I, I I never yeah stuff with my daughter you know just like kind of heartstrings kind of stuff now that I intellectually even know is like a little bit mawkish and like kind of corny like sometimes can really get to me you know like sitcom like a very special sitcom episode kind of <laughs> stuff you know or like you know like like the end of the office when like like pam rushes out to michael and they take off the the um the microphone bit you know what i mean stuff yep, like that and i, I used to never be like that you know what i mean and now it's like i, I feel like I, I'm, I'm an easy mark <laughs> that's why they made those episodes they made them exactly for that uh 94 what's something you've done and will probably never do again oh i once uh with a in-laws uh at the time i uh i went on a cruise oh a carnival cruise and that was really not for me um i i like it, sort of like being in a really claustrophobic casino that's like s- slowly listing and i i have a certain amount of claustrophobia um in, in general and it you know I, I it really triggered some claustrophobia feelings because our our like little cabin kind of thing was like it, it's sort of down in the ship and you know it, oh yeah there's sort of this weird feeling on a cruise ship too because it's like you're not being like tossed around like you know, like, you know, it's not that kind of uh, motion sickness or seasickness where it's like you're getting tossed around, but it's almost like, because it feels like a building, but just imagine a building that's like ever so subtly shifting under your feet left to right very slowly. So sometimes it's like when you step, like your next step feels like it takes like a little longer than it should, you know what I mean? Because it's like listed a little bit and it's a very disconcerting feeling. And, And I just, I didn't, and there's kind of nothing to do, right? Like you can just drink or eat or, you know, there was days when we like, when we got, we landed somewhere, we could go off and I was like, oh my God, this is so good to like go to the beach, be outside. I mean, honestly too, I, I kind of had to, I mean, it was all inclusive. So like, I kind of had to stay like semi on tilt a little bit with the, the, yeah. the, the, the umbrella drinks, you know what I mean? Just to kind of like. <laughs> mellow myself out and there was times too i like i would just have to leave dinner or something and be like i would just go up to like the the top like the deck just to get some fresh air kind of thing yeah i just found i found a cruise kind of horrifying like you know what i mean i i I really would never ever 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 do that again and then that whole covid thing that happened with those guys got like trapped on a cruise ship at the beginning of covid like there's just like i got flashbacks i was like i can't even imagine i would have been like i would have like jumped off the freaking boat (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that was yeah. I, I went on one cruise. I, I enjoyed it, but I, the the feeling of that, like, like yeah, you don't feel the boat moving, but like as soon as yeah. I laid down, I just remember like seeing that water line through the little window porthole. Oh thing, wow! And yeah, you just see it like bobbing yeah, yeah, yeah bobbing like skewing so you thought it was okay though you were you were cool i mean i i do have claustrophobia which i think really formed my whole thing with this deal yeah but you were cool with it you had fun uh, overall yeah I, okay but, cool yeah but honestly most of my favorite parts were exactly what you said the excursions once we landed the, those yeah. were the best so also too like we were literally on the oldest ship in the carnival cruise line <laughs> yeah. and this shit was like it was old and it was ratty. It was like you know, like have you ever been to like downtown Vegas? I like, like I haven't, but I've been to Atlantic City plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, so. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, imagine like a like a a nineteen eighty nine Atlantic City casino on the water, and like they weren't smoking on it anymore, but you could tell there had been like you know a couple Yellowed decades and... where it, where it was. So like that never really goes away. That kind of like oh yeah, that my musty like used to be like you know what when bars like like I don't know. If, wherever you are has a smoking ban but like in minnesota didn't then like all the bars like for like five years after that just had this kind of weird like cleaning <laughs> slash musty smoke so it had that going so it, like we weren't exactly on those like you know fucking norwegian royal caribbean things on tv or you know it was, it was pretty busted yeah. too so that was probably informing it as well yeah just a, a bad cocktail of all sorts of uh scenarios there yeah uh 95 best compliment you ever received Ooh. friend friend's wife said she thought of me as a kind person which i, I thought that was oh. nice That's excellent uh 96 tell me a joke <laughs> oh man this is why uh, i do the preamble because this is clearly not a question this is just oof. for me so <laughs> <laughs> um i don't i'm bad at, i don't know like joke jokes um <laughs> i have to pat i the only one i'm thinking of is just bad and i can't tell it and i won't oh, tell it. i'm sorry oh, i can God. it's just it's not a good one and for some reason it was like we were at this dive bar one time me and my girlfriend and this um this this old time bartender was just telling us like jokes he was like a jokester <laughs> yeah and they were like not exactly uh to the politically correct standards of the day let's say and yep. like in in numerous different ways you know each joke but um so i just remember some a couple of them because we were kind of like yeah okay buddy you know a little bit and like <laughs> not wanting to be like cause a thing but so unfortunately i remember these a couple of these jokes but like you know fucking way i'm telling these jokes to anybody <laughs> much less on a podcast much less so, recorded on the internet no, no 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 no. so i'm sorry but like i'm only uh, those only ones i'm not drawing a blank on are those that's that's more than fair we, we want to keep everyone who has a job with a job that's exactly that's... <laughs> yeah and, i mean yeah no that's that's fair uh 97 97 used to be a question that i came up with uh that i just didn't really like so i uh threw it out and replaced it with the listener question of the week uh, okay. so people have a, a question uh, for your future guest it's a uh, 99 questions pod and that's of course the number 99 uh, questions pod at gmail.com or on twitter uh and this question comes from dylan k thank you dylan uh asking specifically question for matt 
when are we getting a Neil Young deepest dive? <laughs> oh yeah, you know, um, I for uh, for CrossFit, I, I do um, have ambition to do that. I love Neil Young. I do. I know a guy that um, he's he's a really good writer, and I haven't really asked him. His name's Tyler Wilcox, but he's done a lot of writing about Neil Young. Like he did a article on like the new um, like that box set that came out yeah recently yeah. for like Mojo Magazine in England. And he's just a really he runs this like he runs a bootleg site called Doom and Gloom from the Tomb with like a lot of concert bootlegs and stuff. And so it's my ambition to get him on there because he's done a ton of writing and like. He's interviewed some guys from Crazy Horse and stuff. So it's in the works. I just need to kind of like get a fire in, under me and, and and ask him to see if he'd do it. Because I, I wanted to bring on somebody that like really could maybe add a little bit more added, you know, perspective and knowledge. I, I'd love to hear it, personally. Said that, yeah, no, I'd love, amazing. I mean, it's totally, yeah. I've thought, I mean, this has been in my head for, since the show, show started. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Dylan, for the question. Uh. 98 what made you want to be who you are today that's interesting um you know i don't uh so this is going to be kind of weirdly serious and i I don't mean to no please so you know I, i grew up on a family farm and um when i was 13 uh my father was killed in a car accident so at that point, you know, we kind of like sold all the stuff and, and my mom had a job in town. So we moved into town. So like, you know, I think at some point when I you know, as a kid, you know, I probably had the expectation of maybe like, you know, being a farmer or something and eventually taking over. And then so that life kind of ended, you know, at that point. And um, I mean, I think as far as writing, you know, I, I like I said, I didn't really think about game journalism just because it was sort of out of my um, off my just didn't seem like a possibility. And I, I yeah. certainly didn't anticipate there was some place in Minnesota that was going to be like available, which is really, it's always been the weirdest thing about gaming form by far as like where it was. Um, but I think I always had an aptitude for writing. Um, and I think, you know, I got good enough grades, you know, I was definitely like a last minute writing a paper thing. And I usually had like writing chops to kind of pull off like a somewhat, bullshitty effort you know and make it kind of seem better than it was so i think i i I always kind of thought writing would be cool and i think i i thought about going to school for journalism um but yeah i think it was just more like it came i just felt like it was something i was naturally good at um and then you know with the other stuff like music stuff was just really like i just was always since i was a little kid i was i was drawn to like um drawn to music you know from a very 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 like young age like three four i would sit and listen to my parents like old records and stuff like really religiously like you know credence clearwater revival and like rolling stones and you know some of that type stuff you know that they had um so yeah music was just always like i was very much drawn to it um so anyway i know that's kind of a weird answer but uh things kind of changed you know yeah no i I, I absolutely can imagine uh how that how that led you right here but uh we we are here to 99 the top of the mountain made it the titular question if you will what do you want to be remembered for i mean i think just 
in my own personal life, just I, I just hope people would think fondly, fondly of me as a, a, a good friend or a, a good, you know, a good person, hopefully. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, have any illusions that, like, my career will be, like, super remembered. But, I mean, I am always, I do feel like, you know, people, like, you know, it, it, it always surprises me. And I'm, I'm very grateful when people like yourself say that, you know, if, if the writing I did at Game 4 was, was meaningful to them. Or, or like the podcast or um, things like that. I mean, that's, that's you know, that does mean a lot to me. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, want to say that I, I feel that I was like a significant writer in any way in the scheme of things. But I tried to always, you know, do the best that I could, um, you know, to, to, to write good stories and to try to get at what I felt like was the core of, of the game or the thing that I was writing about. And I felt like I was pretty good at having conversations. Uh, I felt like I was a pretty good interviewer. I think I, I could always have pretty good conversations with people and get them to open up. So, I mean, I hope, hopefully, you know, people remember that it was, you know, something that w- was meaningful to them or was fun to read or, you know, that that's, that's great. You know, I, I, I never thought that would be the case, but, um, you know, if it is, that's, that's, that's awesome. Well, I, I can assure you that there's at least one example of it. And then, um, no, I, mean, <laughs> perhaps... no, I mean, in all seriousness, th- thank you. I, I really, that means a lot. No, uh, that's a hundred percent true. That's why, uh, like I said, when I, when I started this, you were on that list very early on. Uh, and I figured, ah, there's no chance. Right. <laughs> so yeah. no, from, no, no, no. From the bottom of my heart, truly thank <clears throat> you for, for doing this. Uh, no, it's been very generous with your time. Thank you so yeah, much. No, it's really. interesting. I like the format. It's a good, it's an interesting format. I just, the only thing that's bugging me is like, I feel like I'm going to, we're going to like hang up like in one minute here and then I'm going to like have quotes. <laughs> like, I, the, the quote thing is that a drop in the balls are really bothering me. But other than that, it was, it was good. Hey, it was, well, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was fantastic let me tell you now uh, uh is there anything i always wrap these things up uh, the same way is there anything you'd like to plug promote uh, float into the ears of our our wonderful listeners here uh, anything at all the floor is yours, um uh yeah you know uh crossfade we're going on hiatus here we kind of ended season 1 jason and i just kind of needed a break we've had some both a lot of you know love crossfade does not pay the bills necessarily. So we, yeah. we had kind of real life job stuff and, and, and also like the holidays are coming up and Jason's from Indiana and he usually goes to Indiana for extended time. And I was going to go to Mexico in, in December. So just felt like with all the travel and then, you know, you got Christmas, you got Thanksgiving. It just felt like a good time to take a little pause, come back in the new year. So we are coming back in, in, you know, beginning of 2022. Um, and that that'll be great. I think a little time off will do us some good. Um, if you're in the Minneapolis area, I think on Tuesday, October 16th, my band Cassini is playing at the Turf Club, opening for William Tyler and Marissa Anderson, two really cool guitar players. Um, yeah, and other than that, man, just, you know, I'm just kind of chilling in Minneapolis, you know, just living. What a legend. What an absolute legend. Matt Helgeson, everybody. Support his band. Support his podcast. This guy's a genius, and more people need to be listening to his stuff in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I've gushed for long enough here. Red light's on. It's last call. Let's figure out what we learned. We learned that early video game developers truly were like living in the Old West, uh, except that everything didn't give you diarrhea. Uh, Well, actually, most things in the 80s still did. 
Yeah, point stands. We learned that if you break your ankle ice skating, maybe you shouldn't reenact movie scenes. Uh, it makes bean walking the next day way tougher. Way tougher. We learned that the only thing that could knock down a sturdy penguin is a furious Miyamoto. We learned that Portland is literally crawling with musicians. And we learned that Norm MacDonald is, was, and will be a treasure. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to submit this show to the University of Minnesota. See if they'll give us a certificate for it. I'll see you in two weeks for our next episode. Till then, thank you, and good night.